Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Hey guys, this is Chris Roby, and I am uh, working through with you guys this incredible series on diverse families. And the reason we did this was just because we we know that teenagers all come from families that look different and look different than maybe where we came from. Uh, whether it depends on our um, ethnicity or uh, our cultural backgrounds or just really depending on where we grew up. And today's episode is just about that. It's just about the experience of a family who uh, identifies as multiracial and multicultural. That's a really exciting uh, conversation to have um, that I've just had with uh, Chuan Moore and Leanna Moore. Um, And they share their experience as being uh, both multi-ethnic and multicultural and all of the different um, opportunities and challenges that uh, that brings for not only them as a husband and wife, but also uh, with their children and the experience of their children being both multi-ethnic and uh multiracial children. Uh, I love this conversation with them, their openness or honesty about their experience and uh, what it is that they're um, experiencing. And they have some great insight on what it means uh, to be parents of multiracial, multi-ethnic children and all the really cool things that come with that, but also just some ways that we can engage better with the way we ask questions, the way that we're curious. Um, one of my big takeaways of this is just the way we ask uh, makes a big difference. And, and uh, you'll really hear a lot of that in this episode. So uh, join in with me as we uh, continue this conversation around diverse families with Tuan and Leanna Moore. Glad to have you guys with us today. I've got Tuan and Leanna Moore with us. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. we are here to talk about um, this whole series is about uh, diverse families and the different kind of families that uh, the Lord presents us with. And so we're really glad to have you guys here today. Uh, and Tuan and Leanne are here to talk about uh, uh, interracial, multicultural families and their experience with that. So welcome, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So if you guys would uh, kind of for the audience, uh, how would you describe your family situation based upon kind of those, kind of how we got that started? Okay. You want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. Yeah. Okay. That's where that typically plays out. That's right. Family. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> well, we're a uh, multiracial family. Um, I'm uh, African-American. Uh, my wife is um, white and Hispanic mix. I can go into that a little more, yes. Yeah, okay. That's the nutshell. Um, and so um, our children um, have a mix of... Um, African American, white, and Hispanic in them, right. and so we you can check all the boxes when it comes to, uh, <laughs> you know, where they say, "Are you this or that?" He's like, "Yep." Uh-huh. Let me just click them all off. And right. So, um, but yeah, but we're multiracial. Uh, I think my wife, because um, she has grown up overseas, and I'll let her talk more about that. Um, brings in a more multicultural aspect, um, but most of us in the family. We're like United States bound. We this is the culture that we've been in for the majority of our lives. So, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Lena, you want to talk about the multi uh, multicultural mm-hmm. aspect of your family? Sure. Um, I was born here in the United States. My 
mother is Mexican, born and raised in Mexico, um, married and then lived in the States. My dad is um, was from the States, um, Kansas, farm living. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided to be missionaries in Argentina. So when I was a year and a half old, uh, our family moved to Argentina, lived there for 11 years. So um, there are components of um, multicultural, you know, things in our family, just my raising up, you know, growing up years. Mm-hmm. So I bring that with me, but in kind of a dividing things out a little bit more, um, uh, the culture that you find in Mexico that my mom brought with her and the culture that you find in Argentina, although both Latin are different. Mm -hmm. Um, To add to that, my father's uh, ancestry is heavily um, influenced by German ancestry. My maiden name is Rogendorf. So um, there's a lot of, you know, German influence that he brought um, he never lived in Germany, and his parents never did, but it was just kind of passed down. Um, and so, um, you know, I brought that with me to Argentina, what well, my parents did. I grew up in Argentina, my very, very formative years, mm-hmm. um, have mostly Argentine friends there, and then moved to Texas, you know, uh, the rest of my growing up years until... Uh, we went to off to college. So, yes, there are different cultures all um, mixed in there. And I think there, you know, there's the big picture of what a culture is. And then you can really uh, divide things down into more specific ways that people practice their culture. And even though, you know, Tuan just said, you know, family here is very United States bound. Um, you see culture uh, with the region, uh, with the race, with uh, just upbringing, what you were doing or what you were not doing. Right, so right. There's a lot of components to <laughs> yes, a culture. Is. Yeah, so definition of multicultural, <laughs> that's awesome. It can go all kinds of different ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, thank you all for um, kind of painting that picture for us mm-hmm. of, of your family experience. And so... Um, with that, how do you, how do you parent in the midst of being a multiracial and multicultural family? And I, I don't know if that's a, uh, intentional on, you know, if there's intentional decisions you guys make as parents, um, or if that is something that you, you know, figure out along the way, like sometimes other situations parenthood is, but, um, how do you parent in the midst of being a multicultural, multiracial family? Um, I think that acknowledging the cultures that are present, um, is, is important. Um, and just seeing how, um, members of the family react to that acknowledgement. Um, for example, you know, the culture that I brought with me from Argentina was close to my heart as a kid. Um, there were, I've known of other MKs, missionary kids, mm-hmm. that have brought, you know, they came to the States and wanted to reject anything that they came with. Mm-hmm. They, it was just a sore point for whatever reasons, you know, 
things change, of course, throughout the years. But, um, you know, you, you kind of want you want to know how that person, whether your child or your spouse, associates with that culture, you know, and being sensitive. Acknowledging it first, knowing that it's there, mm-hmm. part of their life, and and just seeing how the reaction is. You know, the culture of Gen X versus millennial. Hmm. Um, you know, there are some millennials that don't want to be associated with the traits that are generally, you know, associated with them. Gen Xers, same. You know, all the mm-hmm. different cultures of a generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you, you just acknowledge this is where you're at. This is what's part of you. Uh, learn from it or as I've been, you know, learning, chew and spit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Take it, spit out what you don't want. Right. You know, and take what's good and wise. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are all good because especially when you bring as many different levels in it as um, as we do. And I think actually everybody's got these levels of multiculturalism in their families if they understand the definition of it, like you said. But um, I think primarily um, as we raise our children, we want to make sure that their identity is in the Lord first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, that, um, that he's the one setting the, uh, telling them who they are and who they're supposed to be. Uh, because with any culture, you have pros and cons about whatever way that culture is going. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think also um, when you have in our society where race is a big cultural marker um, or um, we'll just go with the race when race is a big cultural marker when you're them. And if you need to try to figure out, so what am I? Because that's one of the big questions people are asking. Mm. So, are you black? Are you are you white? Are you are you Hispanic? Right. And so, for them, the answer is yes. And so, to be able to, um, sometimes it feels good to go. Oh yeah, I can say I am this and feel like okay, I've got my identity right. But when you have all for our kids, all three of those, then it's like, well, yes, I'm that. So, what does that? mean if I'm if I'm black and I'm white hmm. right because those cultures are often at odds with things yeah. you know but I'm Hispanic too but I don't speak Spanish and I don't look white uh, they might think I'm um, Hispanic you see what I'm saying and yeah, so um, so because they're taking all these on and kind of going as Leanna said taking in I mean what's good from those cultures that I am connected to biologically and going, okay, I, I can take this in, but, man, that's not so good. And how you determine that, I would say, is um, if there are identities in the Lord who created us. I know everybody doesn't believe that per right, se. Right. But for our family, um, I feel like that's the identity that doesn't waver. It doesn't shift. Mm-hmm. And so if you have that anchoring point, then um, and that's leading the way and helping you decide as I take into a culture that um, that I have through... Um, family or through location, region, then I can go, okay, these are the things in that culture that, um, that fall in line with my, my central identity of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I can hold on to those. I can parade those. I can, you know, 
um, cheer those on. I can support those. And then there's others you're like, mm, I don't think that's so good. So because of what God tells me about who I'm supposed to be right. over what the culture has to say. So with your kids, when you, when you talk about them being in each one of these um, categories, isn't the right word, but, you know, black, white, Hispanic, when they, you know, when they, when they talk to you guys about sharing that with their friends or their peers, um, how, how is that accepted in their circles? You get, you get what I'm asking? Like, like is, is, is there pushback on that? Is there questions? Are there, um, or is there acceptance? Uh, of of uh, your your children's multi multiracial identities um, as it comes to saying yes to maybe all three right mm-hmm. um, how how is that how does that typically go for them and then how does that conversation go with you guys mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure all the deets on how my kids as they interact. Because, yeah. I mean, they're kids and we're their parents, and so sometimes they talk to us, sometimes they don't. Right, right. right? Yeah. And when they talk to you, you get a certain perspective. So I'm going to throw that out there before 100%. I say anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the general sense, at least where we live, I don't think that their peers um, have a hard time accepting that they've got mixed parents or all of that's in them. Mm-hmm. Um now, I do know that I say, I think that um, their friends will, because of cultural um, ideologies, cultural things that are just kind of out there that you kind of soak in as you go on, mm-hmm. you know, um, jokes and and those kind of things. Those kind of things pop up, and I don't think it's out of a lack of acceptance or anything like that. It's kind of just the the soup of the of the waters of the culture that we swim in. And mm-hmm. so the jokes will fly. And so when it hits our kids, they have to figure out how do I navigate that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so forth from a peer perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You may have some different, Leanna, you may mm-hmm. have some different thoughts because yeah. Um, yeah, they tend to talk to you a good bit so as well. Me too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. They talk to mom about different things. Right. Talk to yeah. dad. Yes. I get that. Uh, each one has been different. I've asked them, you know, at school, how are you treated? Basically, mm-hmm. um, I'll start with my oldest. We, she and I last summer went to Dominican Republic on mission trip together. And, um, Dominican Republic is, is just a bunch of my kids. It's just, there are a lot of black and white mix mm-hmm. and Hispanic. It's just amazing. Um, she said, Mom, I've never felt more at home than in this country (laughs) just because of looks. Now, the language barrier was a whole other thing. She was like, I can't communicate with anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very limited. And uh, But she was like, just walking down the street, I'm just another Dominican here. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it was lovely. I've just felt so comfortable. Um, I know I've talked to... um, my middle one, and she said she's she's really n- not felt any discrimination necessarily based on her looks. Um, that you know, it's really she's not encountered too much of it mm-hmm. um, that she's mentioned. Um, my third one, he um, he says he 
definitely feels that he's one of the only black kids in school, which I know that's not true, mm-hmm. but he, that's his perception, perception is what I'm getting. Um, and maybe in his class or something like that, you know, but um, it's not, I don't sense that it has been a negative, negative perception. Um, he just realizes the difference. Mm-hmm. Um and he, everything is subject to making a, a joke and a laugh. He is our comedian of the mm-hmm, family. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'll very, very honestly just make a, a joke and, you know, carry on. And I don't, you know, I've always wondered, you know, are you covering up or, you know, a hurt or something? But I really don't think so. He's just taking a, a shot at something. You know, it's an open door for him to make a a joke. So uh, I don't sense that they have had negative effects from it, Mm -hmm. but they do know it for sure. It's blatant and they they realize it. We used to live in Houston. We lived there for 20 years. All three of our kids were born there. And they um, had... uh, our youngest was not old enough for school when we, when we, no, he did kindergarten there. But the girls um, went some through school, and we lived in a neighborhood that was vastly diverse. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. You know, Houston in general is very international city. Um, our neighborhood had the UN kind of represented, <laughs> to, uh, represented there. So um, they noticed that. They were like, I, I miss seeing a variety of people. Mm-hmm. I miss, you know, you know, not necessarily being in all those cultures, but just being around them. Mm. Um, and so they have an appreciation for it, um, not just black versus white, but just all the different kinds of people you can come across. Right. So, um, but it's, I think it's more of just a, a keen awareness and sensitivity to it, but not... I don't perceive it being a negative thing in their lives yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I would also add, because like you said, our move from Houston to here was very different. And so just recently, um, I had my son and a couple of his friends who he's been hanging out with at church, um, and both of them are black. Mm-hmm. And so three boys went, and uh, we did some fun stuff together. But on the way back, as um, and I did that intentionally as well because— um, it's not been, at least in our church, in our neighborhood, there's just not a lot of of students that we are connected to that look like him, mm-hmm. okay? And so I thought, we'll just go. He doesn't get this opportunity very often. And as a, as a black dad going, man, I want him to have black friends, mm-hmm. though we live in uh, mostly white suburbia now, mm-hmm. okay? And so um, so we go, and we're, I'm driving him back, and then they start talking about their hair, okay, and the different ways and things that that they would do with it. And I'm just I'm just just being a fly on the wall mm-hmm. driving the, driving the car, and and I realize, man, I don't know that he's had that opportunity to talk with some guys who have the same kind of hair experience as him, mm. and and so I don't think they saw it as anything except for we were talking about hair. Mm-hmm. But for me, I went, okay, there's a, a mutual connection that I've never heard him have with anybody else because 
Um, I wanted to connect him with some people that looked like him, hmm. you know, and had some of the same, some of the same, um, some of the same upbringing. Can't say it's all the same, but right. some similarities. Right, right. Well, and I, I think I think you guys really outlined just how how much personality, experience, all those different things play into um, how your children might be affected or not um, right. by. Uh, by your your family and the way that your family, you know, comes into the world. And so I think that's really, I think sometimes we think that's like a ubiquitous, you know, everyone's going to experience it the same way. And I don't think it yeah, that, doesn't don't. sound like it really, it really happens that way. So, so with that, what do you wish people around you knew about your family? That's a great question. I don't know. I, um, I'm always, I'm always hoping that people know, um, that we are flawed. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all, we definitely fall under the, we've all fallen short of the grace of God. And, um, and we, we strive to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm reminded with, with your mentioning of hair, Twan, you know, when my girls were little, I did not do their hair right. I know this. <laughs> I did not. And hair is a huge deal for a little bitty girl. Um, and that's a deal, you know. So I cannot say that we've done things great or, you know, the due diligence that it needed. You know, we've done what we had the tools and resources to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of the grace that everybody needs to remember about themselves mm-hmm. is you do what you know to do at the time and take every opportunity to learn mm-hmm. more for next time. Um, and so, you know, um, I kind of have this um, thought always in my mind. If I go out in the grocery store and uh, they see me with three kids that don't look like me, I'm like, man, I did all the work here, and they don't look like me. <laughs> they all look like Tuan, and they're beautiful, but dang it. <laughs> and they all, you know, the questions, I can see the wheels turning in their heads. They're like, who's this lady? Mm-hmm. And who did their hair? This was when they were little. Right. They all, the girls do their, a magnificent job of their own hair now. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of a self, self-judging thing. I just didn't do this right. I don't know. And... Am I am I exposing my kids to the right things or the wrong things or the you know at the right time? I don't know, and and that really spans throughout just parenting, parent you know period. Um, but um, in in this topic, it's the same. You know, you do what you can do and what you know to do at the time, right? And give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. All right. Yeah. I would say um, I love people to to know that uh, you bring assumptions with you when you meet people. And if you're aware of that, I'm not even saying necessarily throw all of them out, but when, because we all bring some assumptions to the table when we meet people. You know, if I go to Walmart here and I see somebody who looks like me, um, often I would go, oh, they're probably speaking English but then they may jump off and speak something else. I'm like, oh, 
I was not expecting that because they look like me, maybe, you know, dressed like me somewhat. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And so because we bring those assumptions, um, when we are meeting people, we need to know, okay, I've brought these things with me, but this is a person that uh, my assumptions may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. And so if I take the time to listen and let them um, speak and to get to know them, then um, I will see who they are, at least who they're trying to reveal they are. You know, they could be snowing us if they wanted, but um, I would get to find out about them because they will begin revealing that to me. And so some of my assumptions will fall off like, oh, yeah, that's not what I thought. And then some of them will be like, okay, that was kind of close. And and then there will be things that are like, wow, that's brand new. I never would have even thought of that. Mm-hmm. And so um, just taking the time to listen and not assume within a few moments because you see somebody or, um, or you kind of know where they live or their job, you got them. Mm-hmm. So you just, just listen first because, right. um, yeah, that'll, they'll, tell you, they'll let you know who right. they are. So just kind of boiling this down a little bit even more to y'all's experience, because, I mean, I've got, I've got a question here that basically the question is how can we love and support teenagers of families like yours? But I think it might be more powerful to hear what's the best way that people around your kids can support them being a uh, multi, multiracial, multiethnic family. Uh, family and, 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 you know, what, if, if you were to, to talk to the people around you and say, this is how you best support our kids, um, and their experience, what, what, what would that, what would that answer be? Cause I feel like that could be really helpful for anyone who, um, has, uh, a similar experience. Um, and how, how would I best support a kid who, uh, maybe comes from several different backgrounds and maybe my family isn't, cause I, I'll speak for myself. My family, doesn't necessarily come from multi backgrounds. And so that's the experience I don't, I don't have. Mm-hmm. So like you said, Juan, I don't want to make assumptions. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so how, how do we best support? Let's just think about your kids. Well, that's the question itself is huge because like that, that shows a concern already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's the quickest way to my heart is if somebody wants to take care of my kids Hmm. and love on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate sign of love. But I, um, to really answer the question, um, I, I would say, uh, first and foremost, um, direct them to God every time. Mm -hmm. And really, that doesn't have a lot, anything to do with your culture or race. Uh, but going back to what Tuan was saying, your identity is the foundation, you know, should be Christ. Everything else can, you know, can be uh, built upon that. Um, and so whatever it is that, that someone speaks into my kids... Um, I want it to be absolutely infused with with Christ likeness, mm-hmm. and and an example. Just saying, "Hey, I've gone through this, or I'm going through this, or 
I know this is probably a good thing to help you with what you're going through. So that that would be the very first thing for um, helping or, um, you know, ministering to my kids culturally or racially is um, really acknowledging and, you know, not necessarily putting on display their race or culture, but acknowledging it as if you're acknowledging that um, they they run fast or whatever else, whatever other characteristic that is seen. Um, a lot of times people kind of shy away and don't have the vocabulary to say, I noticed you're mixed. You know, um, the question, what are you? Is, is posed to my kids a lot. Um, and so maybe uh, a different vocabulary is, is healthier. Like, you know, what's, do, you, do you know what race or culture your mom and dad are? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, things that can give you a clue and point toward um, what you see externally. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, I noticed you have beautiful olive skin. However, your eyes are a much lighter, like honey green. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great combination. It's rare. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of leaning on observations. And, yeah, and this, I'm seeing this. Help me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that's something that my kids have have told me point blank. People ask me, "What are you?" I'm like, "Well." Um, not a rock, not a, <laughs> not a plant, uh-huh. not a food. So uh-huh. what are you? <laughs> right, right. So, it, you know, the category um, becomes a little bit more of a human approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but at the same time, not shying away, but really coming up to it. And they would love to talk about themselves. Who doesn't want to talk about themselves? Right. So um, that's just very helpful. Mm-hmm to um, have that kind of approach to a conversation about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, those are really good. Um, I would say defer judgment. Um, yeah, defer judgment. Um, I think a lot of times we see circumstances and um, um, feel like we know how somebody got there or what the what the story is or can imagine it. And uh, uh, we need to put that aside mm-hmm. um, and see the person who's created an image of God. His image is stamped on them, no matter what their skin or eyes look like or anything like that. Um, and I would also say um, try to embrace diversity. I think oftentimes that question of what are you is more for for us to be able to categorize things and feel comfortable that we know where things fit in life, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to um, really going, man, this person brings something different. And if they are created in the image of God, then there's something about that difference that I can learn about them that may end up teaching me something about God that I didn't know. Right, yeah. And so 
Uh, but we tend to, when we see something different, we just want to categorize and put it in a box as opposed to embrace it and go, I mean, what can I glean from it? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is this? What are the, and if we all did that, we'd have all this mutual, uh, this reciprocal learning and engaging from each other because you're different than, than me, Chris, and Leanna's different than me. And so as we embrace these things and see how God has, has uh made us, uh, then we all kind of get enlightened and built up and encouraged as opposed to categorized and cornered and judged and put in our place. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, there really is beauty in diversity. Mm-hmm. It's just so, such a much richer life, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are obviously uh, living testaments to that and, and, uh, with your with your children and their experience, and um, you know, you guys being intentional with you know communicating you know where they come from and and their 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 culture and their heritage and John, like you said, you know, with with your with your son, intentionally putting him with um, uh, young men who might have similar hair. That's not something that I would have thought much a whole lot a whole lot about, and so. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of intentional parenting, um, but also to a lot of thoughtfulness when it comes to how, um, you guys raise your children and encourage, you know, your community to engage with your kids. Cause I think the way we ask these questions is really important, right? So I can come up and say, what are you? Well, that, that would probably <laughs> offend or not offend, but just kind of take back anyone. Like how am I supposed oh, to yes. answer that question? That's what I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I can answer that a lot of different ways that aren't helpful. <laughs> right. And so, um, guys, this has been just incredibly helpful and I hope, um, hope it's been a blessing for you. And I know for our audiences, mm. as we're trying to be the best helpers of students that we can be, yeah. um, it's great to hear your experience. Anything else you'll want to add in before we wrap up? Uh, I just want to thank those people that you guys work with who are listening to this and you're, you're out and you're engaging with um, students and so forth um, mm-hmm. who may come from very different backgrounds and use. That's not, it's not easy. And mm-hmm. so I just want to say thank you because it, it matters like more than you know, and you may not see the ripple effect of it until a decade or two later, but I'm telling you, it matters. And so thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's a, a high calling, I think, because it's easy to love my own people. Mm-hmm. They're my children. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely the extra mile to get outside of your family mm-hmm. and seek kids that um, need ministering to. That's, that's right. for sure the extra mile or Absolutely. two. Well, Juan Lena, thank you so much for being here and jumping in for this great conversation. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you all so much for that great conversation, uh, Juan and Leanna, and for uh, the great things we got we got to learn. If this was a great episode for you, something that you feel like uh, you could share within your circles, um, be sure that you subscribe to the Pain Life Podcast, uh, follow us on social media channels, and you can text this episode to a friend uh, if this was something that was meaningful for you or if you know someone who has a similar situation or maybe even similar questions that you have. Uh, review us on your favorite podcast app. Let people know that this is a great resource for you. Uh, join us next week as we continue our Diverse Family series, and we will see you next time. <laughs>